about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding and let us know the inheritance that you've given us through Calvary. Father, we want to walk in victory in every single area of our life. We want to be an example of Jesus' life here on the earth. We want to draw people to us by your anointing and by your power so they too want to step into your kingdom of God and live a righteous lifestyle. Father, I thank you for your anointing tonight and what you're going to do and I give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Hebrews chapter 5 tonight. Let's start in verse 12. It says, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such a need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is what? A baby. A baby. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised or trained to discern both good and evil. Notice what I want to focus in on here is skillful in the word of righteousness. In the kingdom of God, basically when you came in the kingdom of God, you got certain rights that belong to you just for coming into the kingdom of God. It is your right to believe what God has promised you. That is one of your rights. You have a right to forbid the enemy from stealing anything that God has promised you in your life. You have the right to prevail in everything that you're doing. These are your divine rights. These are basically kingdom rights that belong to you. They are God-given privileges. Now, how are you going to know your kingdom rights? You're going to have to read the Word, aren't you? You're going to have to read the Bible, find out what God has promised you, what God has already given you, and then you're going to have to hang on to what God has already given to you. If you fail to receive anything in any area of your life that God has promised you, God is not the one to be blamed. He will do what He promised He will do. When you do what He told you to do, He will do what He said He will do. Now, notice you have a part in it, don't you? Just don't, blessings of God just don't fall on you. The will of God just don't fall on you. You basically find out the will of God and enforce that in your, in your life. You will solely become skillful in the word of righteousness or in your legal rights in the kingdom of God. You have a right to live in health. You have a right to live in wealth. You have a right to live in power and authority. That's what he tells us in the Word of God. We want to become skillful in those rights in our everyday walk. How many of you know your rights may be challenged? I'd say on a weekly basis, but I'll just say on an hourly basis. You will be challenged with things that try to come against you. So authority in a nutshell basically enforces God's will and it possesses God's kingdom resources. Your authority is to enforce God's will in your life and others and to possess the kingdom resources that God has already given you. Authority will take hold of your divine rights as a kingdom citizen. If you fail to cash in on any promise that you saw in the Word of God and you're believing for, God's sovereignty is not to blame. Many people try to receive things from God, and when they don't get it in their time a lot, they always want to turn around and blame it on God. Well, God moves in mysterious ways. You never know what God's going to do. God's going to do exactly what He said He's going to do in His Word. And when you find out what He says in His Word, you have a right to receive and believe for those things that He has given you. All right, go to Luke chapter 12. 
All right, Luke chapter 12, look at verse 32. Jesus is speaking. He says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Once again, no fear. You don't have to be worried, little flock, because your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That means every promise that God has offered to you, God desires to give you in your life and desires for you to receive it. Authority will enable you, basically, to reach your goals and fulfill your purpose in this life. How many know many times uh, when you're on your filling, fulfilling your purpose or your call or whatever, you may run into a storm or two? When you do, you have to do what Jesus' disciples did, basically win the boat with Jesus. When they, when they went across and a boat was filling up with water and they started to sink and basically they called on Jesus to help them and Jesus stood up and rebuked the storm and rebuked the wind and rebuked the waves. So when a storm comes in your way, do not give up on the promise that God has promised you. Basically, speak into existence what God has promised you. In other words, when a symptom starts to hit your body, basically you want to stand against that symptom and you want to use the word of God against that, that symptom that tries to come into your life. When, when you're walking in your destiny or the call of God, things are going to come against you. If you want to start a church, you are going to run into problems before very long, praise God. And when you do that, you have to stay on the word of God and continue forward in your destiny for God. It takes authority to do that. It takes you to release the authority that God has given you. God is willing and able to supply in any situation that you have in your life. God has given you authority, and that authority is to see results in your life. Say, I need to see results in my life. Now, I'm telling you what, if you don't see results in your life that line up with the Word of God, sooner or later you're going to give up. And you're just going to pray, not, not thinking, I'm going to receive anything. You're going to go to God and just believe he don't want to give it to you. But God wants to supply every single thing in your life, everything that he has promised you to do, so you have to stay strong. One of the most important things in your life will be something called diligence. If you're really going to walk out this kingdom lifestyle, if you're really going to stay on fire for God, you have to be diligent in the word of God. You have to be diligent in praying in tongues. You have to be diligent in your prayer time with God and seek his benefits with all of your heart and not turn back. You have a right to participate in the victory of heaven. If you will enforce what is yours, your authority based on his word will bring every area of your life into alignment with God's kingdom. That's what authority is for because you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. You were brought in line right in standing with God and with his kingdom and your ability is to stay in right standing in his kingdom. How do I do that? I find out how God wants to deal in every area of our life. In our finances, when I first got born again, I went, I wanted to become skillful in the word of righteousness so I had to see what God said about my finances. First of all, I saw basically that I was supposed to do something called tithing. I never heard of tithing. I came out of a church that didn't, I don't even think, knew about tithing. So I had to look up and find out what tithing even was before I could start to do it. So the first thing that I did was wrote a great big check because I figured I owed a little back pay. And I wrote it out and I put it in the offering basically because I was going to follow God's way of doing things. Did I say, whoopee, it's time to tithe and I'm going to give 10%? No. My mind was saying, what are you doing? Are you stupid or what? But following what God had told me to do, I did it. He told me to give, and it would be given unto me. He told me how to do things. So basically, I just followed his word on everything, and the kingdom of God stayed in right standing with him. And if you do that, the blessings of God will come upon you, and they will try to over 
overtake you. Hallelujah. So what am I going to do? Keep right on running because if they're chasing me down, I want a bunch of them to follow me, praise God. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to get satisfied. When you rise up in your realm of jurisdiction and declare your destiny, the power of God will accompany your words and go forth. All things will move to accommodate the authority of the word of God. Hallelujah. How do, how do we release our authority? With our mouth, don't we? We make decorations. We, we say the word of God. We speak the word of God. The same way you use your authority over your children. The same way you use your authority if you're a boss of a job. You declare and you tell what wants done. Now just make sure you're in line with the word of God and you will get results in every area of your life. When you rise up in authority, you will never think of yourself as a failure again. When you stand on the authority of the word, you will never think of yourself as being poor again. Why? Because God never called you poor. God never called you a failure. And I'm going to stay in line with who God says that I am, not who somebody else tells me I am. When you speak the word of God at all times, you will never be dominated by the devil's word. So tonight you have authority. You have jurisdiction over your mind. You have jurisdiction with your authority over your physical body. You have it over your feelings, and you have it over your emotions. Where's your biggest fight? With your feelings and emotions. Your feelings and emotions want to run your life. They want to tell you how to respond, how to act, what to do. Until you get to a place where God's word rises above your feelings and emotions, you're just going to be a roller coaster Christian. Up one day, down the next. Oh, they said I'm the greatest. Nobody likes me today. Well, I gave such a good talk, and they loved it. Somebody didn't like my talk. Up and down, up and down. You can't do that. That's a bad place to be, and that will wear you out. Hallelujah. All right, go to Philippians chapter 2. All right, Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 21. It says, For all seek their own, and not the things which are Jesus Christ. Paul says in verse 20, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your welfare, because everybody seeks their own things, not the things which are who? Jesus Christ. So once again, authority is a command. It's a declaration. If you basically have a police officer and he pulls over a carload of criminals, he has a right to use the backup that he has, or at least he's supposed to have. Hallelujah. However, if he gets into a place where he runs into four or five criminals and they're getting out of the car and coming after him and he don't have his gun loaded and he doesn't have any backup, there's a good chance he's going to get beat up before it's over with. It's the same way with you as a Christian. You not only have authority, but you have the power of God in your life to back up everything that you declare. Everything you declare in the Word of God releases not only your authority, but the power of the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost is in there. If you, if you want to put it this way, authority is the trigger and the Spirit of God is the gun. In other words, when you take out your authority, it's good. But if you just point the gun, how many know it's not going to do anything? But if you pull the trigger and use your authority, there is a release of the power of God out of the inside of you and out of the Word of God that's there that will change your situation. You, as a member of the body of Christ, you have backup power that can be used anytime. What holds you up most of the time? Distractions of things. Prioritizing things. 
spending most of your time on things, your job, your family, your money, your problem, your situation. You've got to come to a place where you stop pursuing things and you start to rule things. Most people in the world are going after things. That's why Jesus says, why do you worry about what you can eat, what you can drink? Why do you worry about natural things? Instead, you should rule over the natural things that you have. Many believers continue to grope along in the natural realm. They look in the natural realm for help. There is no help for you in the natural realm if you're going to live connected to God. It comes through supernatural power of God and you doing what God has told you to do. The biggest downfall in the body of Christ right now, I believe, is a word called slackness. Slackness. People are slack on the word. They're slack going to church. They're slack on being in fire. They're slack on praying until the storm hits. Oh, my God, then they're the most religious people you've ever sown to see in their life, praise God. Don't do that. Stay ready all the time. Stay prepared all the time. Let me put it this way. Keep your gun loaded all the time. And if you keep your gun loaded, then that declaration that you make, I am healed, I am blessed, I am anointed, go in the name of Jesus, will work with the power of God that's on the inside of you. But who's got to do the speaking if that happens? You do, don't you? Hallelujah. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So what's my priority? Is to seek first the things of God, the kingdom of God, not the things of the world. All right, go to 1 John chapter 2. hear people all the time say, oh, they stole my car. Oh, my gosh, they broke in and robbed my house. You never hear anybody say, oh, they stole my fire. Yeah. But see, that's the most important thing in your life. You can lose your car, and the fire God will bring it right back in, only you'll get a better one this time. Come on, Amy, you didn't beat up your house, but God will refinish the whole thing, praise God, if you just stay where you're supposed to stay. All right, First John chapter 2. Look at verse 15. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is going to do what? Pass away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God shall abide how long? Forever, praise God. So this backup power basically is what you're looking for. It's not the things of this world. The power of God is easily accessible on the inside of you. It is always readily available for you. The church has allowed distractions of the world to override the power of God. Instead of reaching for the power of God, many have become accustomed to turning to the natural realm for soulish answers. One of the big problems, and you know, it's not really a problem, but it is a problem, is the United States is very good at medical stuff. So it's very easy to bypass God and trust only in medical stuff, only in doctors, only in specialists. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if you want to live in the kingdom of God, you've got to go to your true source first and then to the second source. What does everybody do? They go to the natural when the natural can't help you anymore. Then all at once we want to go to the spiritual realm and try to find out. No, go to the spirit first. Go to the word of God first. Go to your father first. See what he's got to say about it. And if the Holy Ghost says you need to go to a doctor, then go. I'm not saying not go. I'm saying go first to where you need to go first. And that's not the world. It's the spiritual things in the kingdom of God that belong to you. You're not a natural person. 
You are a born-again new creation in God, and you are a citizen and son of the living God, and your daddy wants to take care of you, praise God, every single day of your life. People become entangled in the affairs of this world, and basically then these things take dominion over them when they're supposed to have dominion over those things. The power of God is available to the one who acts on the Word of God. If you'll simply do what the Word of God tells you, whether you feel like it or not, the believer must receive the Word into their heart, but then they must also act on the Word of God. Say, I have to act on what I see. Authority can never fail because it's based on the Word of God. And how many know the Word of God doesn't return void? It prospers every single time. How many know that God's not a liar? He's not a kidder. He's not a mind changer. What he said basically is what it's all about. All right, go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, let's start in verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them and saying, All authority, that word there, or all power, that word is actually authority, exousia, all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world." Here is after basically Jesus rose from the dead and he declared, I've got good news for you. All privilege, all authority, all jurisdiction was given to me in heaven and earth. He immediately then turned to his disciples and said, go because I give you this authority. You should go preach and make disciples of all nations. Jesus took what was his and he gave it to the church. Basically, he's saying, I'm done with my earthly mission. Therefore, I'm now giving you the delegated right and authority to go and do what I did. Jesus carried revival. And now he was commissioning his disciples to carry out his work of revival, authority, and power. Say, I have authority. I have power. I can do what he says I can do. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 1. The whole Bible's so good, but there's some scriptures that are spiritual vitamins. In other words, there are certain scriptures that you need to look at several times a week and read several times a week because they build strong muscles and strong bones and strong spirit. And this is one of them here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Paul is praying and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. It is according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, 
far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. Whenever I wanted to get a quick drunk when I was in the world, I'd take a shot of something. When I want to get a quick buzz, i just read that. Praise God. That's pretty good there. So God has given his church, according to this, the authority to go into every corner of the earth and make disciples. Yet there's many people in the church still waiting on God. They are waiting on God to sovereignly do something about the world's situation. They are waiting on someday revival instead of acting on what has been delegated to them. Notice here he says he has given power toward us. And what is that power? Well, it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the power that's on the inside of you since the day that you got born again. The church has been commissioned and you have been commissioned to live and walk in revival. Much of the church world is praying for revival to come. They're praying for God to do something. But notice here it says, everything's been put underneath the feet of the church. The Bible says, you have been raised and seated with him in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every single name that is named. So what else do the church need? doesn't need anything. Yet we stand around jumping around praying and fasting and doing everything to get some kind of thing gone. You should be gone. You are the one who goes. You are the one who has the power. You are the one who's been raised and seated. You are the ones with authority. The problem is not that Jesus has not given the church authority to preach the gospel and make disciples. The problem is before you make disciples, you must become a disciple. Well, I'm starting a church. You are. What do you know? Nothing, but I'm starting a church. Praise God, everybody starts a church. We probably got 90 churches in Fort Pierce, Florida alone on every street corner. We got one pastor and 13 people and one music singer, and that's about all they got in the whole church, but they got a church. It's not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be discipled before you disciple someone else. You cannot do it. You can give them wisdom. You can give them knowledge, but you cannot disciple them till you're discipled yourself. Hallelujah. And the Word of God, some people believe, is a suggestion. It's not. It is a command. Did God say I should praise him in all things? Or was he just saying, if you feel like it, you know, praise me in all things? Did he say, forgive even as I've forgiven? Well, that's just a suggestion. If he wants us to forgive, then we can forgive. If not, no, all these are commands by God of things that we must be doing in our life. And that's how you grow up in the things of God. The more you act on the word, the more you mature on the word. The less you act on the word, the less you mature on the word. Well, I know he said forgive, but you don't know what they did to me. That wasn't fair, and they should have never did that to you. Well, welcome to the club. Praise God, you're going to go through life, and that's just the way things are. Everything is not fair, and everything's not going to be fair. But the question is, how do you respond to the unfairness that comes into your life? God commands us to do certain things, and when we act on that, what are we doing? We're becoming skillful in the word of righteousness in our rights as a kingdom citizen in the body of Christ. He says, go with authority. I will be with you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Go without fear. Don't worry. The badge will be backed up by the gun that I've given you. You have authority and you also have power. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Makes you want to go out and cast out a devil tonight, don't it? 
All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 4. Paul says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith should stand in what? The power of God. Over the last years and over the last couple hundred years, I believe the church has distanced itself from the Great Commission. Many have said, we will just go out and praise the Lord and He'll fight the battle for us every time. That's not how it works. The dunamis power never goes out unless the authority is released to allow the power to operate in someone's life. Look what Paul said here. My speech and my preaching. What is that? Authority. What is it in? Well, it's followed up with demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. What did he say? I go out and I pull the trigger on the gun and the gun fires and the bullet hits its mark every time. And I have signs, wonders, and miracles. Paul simply acted on the authority of the Word of God and the power in him backed it up. The power got people saved, got them healed, got them delivered. You have authority to speak the Word and the right to expect Him to bear witness with signs following in your life. These are promises that God has given you in the Word of God. And for many years, this was just the preacher or the pastors to do. In other words, the pastor could preach in power, the pastor had authority, the pastor had power, but the pew people just sat out there and hoped he had enough power to go around for everybody. But it doesn't work that much. The only thing, there's no difference in the power that I have than the power that you have. There's no difference in the authority of the name of Jesus that I put in my mouth or the authority of the name of Jesus that you put in your mouth. What I have is simply a title that they gave me because of my position that I'm in, but it does not separate us in Holy Ghost. It does not separate us in authority. You have the same authority and the same power, and the worst part about it is you got it the day you were born again. So you can go through life for 40 years, don't know you got anything, then end up wandering in TCVC, and I once find, my God, I got power. My God, I got authority. For 40 years, I've been beat up by the devil, every circumstance, everything, and I've had power all along, and that dumb preacher where I was going never told me about this stuff. Well, see, I mean, my people are destroyed because of lack of faith, lack of love, lack of knowledge. Why do people get destroyed? We're stupid. We don't know the Word of God. We don't understand the Word of God. So as the Word of God comes, and we basically get knowledge. How many know you get knowledge? Paul prayed that we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. That Holy Ghost is trying to get stuff over to us all the time. He's trying to our mind to say, that can't be right. That can't be right. That can't be right. And he just keeps bringing it. You've got power. You've got power. God's got all the power. God's got all the power. You've got power. You've got power. And pretty soon it breaks and says, well, I might have power. I just might. It's, I found three places in the Bible where it tells me I got power, and out of the mouth of 12 witnesses, let every word be established. No, two or three witnesses. So when you get three coming at you, you know, there, there's, a, there's something that rises up on the inside of you, and you start believing something different. That's what God wants to do through the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. All right, go to Romans chapter 1. All right, Romans chapter 1, look at verse 16. Paul says something very important, for I am not ashamed of the good news or the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that does what? 
believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek, to anybody, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by what? Now notice, you cannot be ashamed of the word of authority that God gives you in the word of God. If you're going to preach the good news and basically get results, you're going to have to stay in the authority of the word so that the power of God lives in you. In other words, you're going to have to live the good news, not just talk it. When people inquire about your confidence in the word, you just tell them the truth. I'm not ashamed. The Bible says I'm blessed, and I'm blessed. Well, did you get a check today? No. Well, did you get a million dollars in the bank? No. Then how do you know you're blessed? Because God said, I'm blessed, and I'm not ashamed of the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you healed today? Yes, I'm healed. Well, you sure don't look healed. Doesn't matter. I'm healed. Do you feel healed? No, but praise God, I'm healed. Why? Because the word of God says that I'm healed, and I'm not ashamed of the good news of the kingdom of God, which is healing that was given to me. There will be no disappointment in your life as long as you're operating in authority on the word of God. You cannot fail in your life. Before long, that authority, that unshameable believing will hook you up to the power of God and a miracle will start to manifest in your life. It will manifest in the life of the one who has believed the promise and stays on the problem with diligence. Say diligence. diligence. Hallelujah. All right, go to Luke chapter 24. All right, Luke chapter 24, we looked at this on Sunday, I believe. Look at verse 49. Jesus says, and behold, I send the promise. Who's the promise? The Holy Ghost. Behold, I send the promise, the Holy Ghost of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from where? On high. So here comes Jesus. We, we heard last Sunday that basically he breathed on them and they received who? The Holy Ghost. He breathed on them. They got the Holy Ghost on the inside, but he was going to go back to heaven. And on Pentecost Day, he was going to pour out his spirit upon them, and they were going to be baptized with somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost. So here comes Jesus. He's about ready to leave. He's already breathed on them. They're already the Holy Ghost on the inside of them, and they got to be ready to go. I mean, no, they're, they're born again now. They know they got authority. They're getting all excited. And Jesus says, whoop, don't go anywhere until the promise is given to you. Now, why is that? Because all they had for now was the gun. The gun had no bullets in it. It was just simply authority that they had. They had been operating off the anointing of Jesus, basically, that he could give them, and under his, his covering, if you would, they could operate in it. So he said, wait, you got the gun. Hold on, Terry, a little bit longer, and I'm going to fill your gun with bullets when the Holy Ghost comes, and then you'll be able to go into all the world and do what I tell you to do, praise God. So the power is available in you, and that power in you is infinite power. Never runs out, always in there. If you walk close to God, that power will be on a level of the presence of God in your life and will be ready all the time. If you do not walk close to God, do not seek God very much, you will still have the power of God, but the release will be a little bit less and a little bit less. How many know you can go home and, and I can turn the water on and the hose outside and I can go to the other end and nothing can be coming out? Why is that? Probably because there's a kink in the hose. Well, many people have the power of God, have the authority of God, but they got a kink in their thought life hose. 
In other words, I don't have any power. I can't do it. I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to read. And we do that. It's hard to keep that manifested power on the inside of you ready to go. So the power of God is essential for your everyday living. It's essential for your everyday victory. The purpose of the anointing is to enforce and manifest the will of God in your life. God wants you to live in perfect peace and perfect joy. You can be born again and without the anointing actually active in your life at all, even though you have it, basically because you're in distraction, you're in fear, you're in worry, you're in doubt. All that keeps the Spirit of God on the inside of you bottled up, if you will. He's already on the inside of you. So basically, we've got the authority. Then basically, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The power of God came up on us. We have all the power that we need on the inside. Enough power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. Now what do we want to do? We want to keep the authority and the power hooked up together. Basically, we're going to stay strong in the Word of God. We're going to be in believing on the Word of God. And whenever we declare that Word of God, the power in us is going to do what we declared would be done because it's in line with God's Word. All right, go to Zechariah chapter 4. The Old Testament felt a little left out, so we've got to do something here. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. You probably all heard this anyway. Verse 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by who? By my spirit, says the Lord. When you understand that the, the manifestation of the word of God not only depends on your authority, but it depends on the power that will bring supernatural victory and supernatural manifestation in your life. The stronger revelation you have on the word, the greater the work of the Holy Ghost in you. The stronger the revelation you have of any word, I don't care if it's healing, I don't care if it's power, I don't care if it's peace, I don't care if it's about your marriage, I don't care if it's joy. When you get a revelation of God's will in that area, the power of the Spirit of God will become stronger and stronger to back up that revelation in your life. That is why basically you need to stay in the Word of God and get revelation out of the Word of God. You need two, three, four scriptures to back up some things just to prove that what you're believing you should be believing. So revelation is a key. The more revelation you have, the greater works of the Spirit of God you will start to have in your life. In the early 16th century, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther who received a simple revelation. What did he receive? The just shall live by faith. His revelation basically at that time challenged and rocked the world because nobody knew that you just shall live by faith. They were living by works. They were living by rules. They were living by laws. But nobody knew that faith was a key. No one ever heard that before. Some people even called him a heretic. Basically, the more revelation you get, the more chances you get to be called a heretic. Isn't that exciting? Does that make you want to get a good revelation? So the entire Protestant Reformation is attributed to the revelation and the actions of one person, Martin Luther. From that point forward, people took an interest in the Word of God. They started to learn about the things of God and grow in revelation. Up until that time, everybody thought if they just obeyed the rules of the pastor who was there, everything would be fine, and they thought the pastor was the one who had to do everything. But instead now, basically, the pew people could actually read the Bible get faith out of the Bible, get revelation out of the Bible, and operate for themselves. Around the 20th century, basically, the Holy Ghost, people say, fell. Most people didn't understand the Word of God at that time, and revelation basically comes from the word progressively. How many of you know that? That's why it's good to be alive right now. 
See, some people don't understand. There's a lot of people before us who paid the price for a revelation that we take for granted now, but back when it came, it was really something, praise God. So now we're in progressive revelation. We found out in the 50s that healing belonged to us. We found out in the 60s and 70s that the Holy Ghost, praise God, is on the inside of us. All this is progressive that God is doing. Back at the turn of the century when the Holy Ghost fell, what happened? People didn't know what to do with it. So, so they danced and they prayed and, they scree- and some rolled around the aisles and they called them Holy Rollers. Why? They didn't know what to do with the power of God. They got it finally. Woo-hoo! They felt the manifestation, but nobody knew what to do with it. They just wanted it. I mean, you know, the presence of God is pretty nice. Yes. Hallelujah. So basically, once it came, what did they do? They started tearing in their church until the Holy Ghost would be released. They come back to the next meeting, and they do whatever they thought they had to do for God to pour out His Spirit again, and God was faithful. Basically, why? He's trying to further the revelation that the Holy Ghost is accessible and can be on the inside of you. And they would jump, and they would fall, and throw their weave out, and roll around on the ground, and do everything that they want to do, because that's all they knew to do. Are you following me? Well, we got the power. What do we do with it? We roll on the ground. Hallelujah. How I many you know that didn't really change a whole lot? It was fun and it was good, but it was progressive revelation. Now we've got the revelation through the charismatic movement that basically the power of God is here to keep us free, to set us free. The kingdom of God is teaching to get us beyond just believing for healing, knowing we are the healed, and now we've got authority to stand in that healing, stand in that peace, stand in that joy. All these things are progressive revelation that continue to come, continue to come, and it's going to continue to come. But I'll tell you, we're in a good place. We're not back in the day of Moses where they didn't know nothing. We're not back in the whole holy rolling anymore. I mean, do people holy roll? Yeah, but then get up and use the power that you just rolled in. See, use it for what it's worth, the authority. And for a long time, people pushed authority, authority, authority. And everybody had authority. They were speaking, they were shouting, they were hollering. And then once the authority went by the wayside and almost the Holy Ghost came and everybody was falling down and doing this, God doesn't want you to have just Holy Ghost or just authority. He wants you to have authority and he wants you to have Holy Ghost. He wants you to have the gun and the power behind the gun. He doesn't want you to have a gun that's not loaded and he don't want you with a handful of bullets. He wants to put him in the gun, learn how to pull the trigger, release the power on the inside of you, and live in the power of God. That's what he wants. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Guys are drawing it out of me tonight. All right, Acts chapter 1, look at verse 8. Jesus said just before he left there, said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many of the Holy Ghost in here has come upon? Notice he came upon you. He's telling them, boy, you're going to have some power now. As soon as I go, I'm going to send the Spirit of God. This is a dunamis power, miracle working power of God that's going to be on the inside of you. And if this is, this is Jesus' main teaching, this is Jesus' desire. This is why Jesus went to the cross. This is why Jesus suffered on the cross. This is why Jesus died. This is why he was raised to get you the power. Then the most important thing in our life should be the power that he got to us, yet somewhere along the line, the church don't even talk about power anymore. Most churches, we ain't got any power, it's not going to work, da, 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 we're waiting for a move of God, I wish God would do something, I wish he'd give me some power. We don't understand because revelation has not got to those people yet. That's why as we teach the kingdom of God, more revelation is coming, more revelation is coming. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the? Then why is nobody walking in love? Why is everybody bickering? Why is everybody fighting? Why is everybody in strife? When the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, yet nobody can get along because there's no revelation of the love of God being in you, the opportunity to use your authority to walk in it. I walk in the love of God. I don't care if I just cussed out three people. I'm going to get myself back and I'm going to say, I walk in the love of God. Why? It's available to me. I'm going to release my authority. I am a lover. 
Oh, man, you want to see a lover? You look at me, praise God. I love everybody. I love those that don't like me. I love those that like me. I love those that don't care about me. I love those that care. I just live, 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 live. What are you doing? You're reaching, releasing your authority, and your ability on the inside of you is coming up on the inside of you and teaching you how to walk in what you're declaring through your authority. Now, if you say, I don't like anybody. I just hate my neighbor. I hate everybody. I don't like my wife, kids. Everybody stinks. How many know there's not going to be a whole lot of motion in there? See, the Holy Ghost ain't going to back up you stinking. It's going to back up the power of God aligned with the Word of God. That's why you have to declare who you are before you become who you are. And here's where the church got it wrong. They want to become who they are before they declare who they are, but they'll never become it because they can't do it without the power of the Holy Ghost being released to enable them to do it. So what do I do? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Praise God. I'm a miracle worker. I do signs, wonders, and miracles. I pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I got power over devils. I have power in the name of Jesus. I live in victory. I live in peace. I live in joy. You're just being prideful. No, I'm just agreeing with the kingdom of God to release the power of God that gives me the ability to walk in what I'm supposed to be walking in. It's not by you. You couldn't do it before you got saved. You can't do it after you got saved. It's all not by might, not by your power, but it's by the Holy Ghost who's on the inside of you. All right, go to John chapter 14. All right, John chapter 14, look at verse 26. Jesus says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you how many things? Now, notice his desire. He wants to teach you how many things? All things. And he wants to bring all things to your what? Remembers whatsoever I have said. So the Holy Ghost, he's on the inside of us. What's he doing in there? He's reminding us of everything that Jesus said that we have read or put it on the inside of us. That means if you haven't read a certain scripture in 10 years, but it pertains to the situation that you're in, the Holy Ghost will bring it up from your, your encyclopedia in here, and all at once the scripture comes back to you. Why? Because you need it in that situation to live in victory in every single area of your life. So the Holy Ghost is slowly leading us and guiding us in the truth of the Word of God. We're growing in the things of God. Now it's up to you. You'll either receive what the Holy Ghost shows you or you can reject what the Holy Ghost shows you. You have the authority. You make the decision. Well, you're were healed 2,000 years ago. I don't believe that. Reject. Chink, chink. Out of there. Well, praise God, if you don't give you peace, you're not going to have peace. All right, praise God, I don't have any peace. Chink, chink. But if you say, I have the peace that passes all understanding, praise God, then what happens, basically, you've received that into your spirit. Now you can start confessing it out your mouth, and the authority and the power of God will back it up in every single area of your life. Revelation starts to bring fruit into your life. In other words, it's no longer the, the blade, it's no longer the, the stem, it's basically the fruit starts to come in your life. The fruit of finances start coming in your life, and you don't have any idea where they're going to come from. But they're going to come, and they'll come from the right, and they'll come from the left, and they'll come from places you never knew that they would ever come from, and all at once they're coming, and you're not worried anymore about this bill coming in or that bill coming in. Why? Because you're picking fruit off your tree, praise God, any time that you need it in your life. You can have a tree of healing. You can have a tree of blessing. You can have a tree of the anointing. It all comes through revelation that's on the inside of you. All right, go to John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, But as many as received him, talking about receiving Jesus Christ, getting born again, and coming to the kingdom of God, to them 
gave he power. The word there is exousia, which is the word authority. He gave to them the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, what's it telling you here? It's saying once you get born again, you're a child of God, you're in the kingdom of God, but then he gives you authority for the privilege to grow up to be a son of God. What's the biggest difference between a child of God and a son of God? The son of God goes around destroying the works of the devil. So Jesus has given you as a believer the right and the privilege to grow up to become a son of God. Here's the difference. Sons of God know the promise, they obey the promise, and they participate in the results of the promise. Sons know the promise, they obey the promise, and sooner or later they're going to participate in the results of whatever promise God has given you. What does a child do? He simply knows the promise. Well, I know that's what God said. I know he said forgive, but I don't feel like forgiving. I don't think they deserve to be forgiven, but I know that's what he I know he said he'd meet all my needs, but I am so worried sick about all my finances. I know that he said that I have peace, but I just ain't got an ounce right now. See, instead of acting on the word, obeying the word, and putting into operation, they simply just know about the word. So basically what happens, a revelation will come into your life. You'll start to walk in that word and that promise. You'll stand fast in that promise. You'll be firmly planted in the kingdom of God and the word of truth. Basically, you will remain in your right standing with the kingdom of God, which guarantees you that all things that he has promised will be added unto you. And the best thing about authority, too, is you do not have to be on a mountain peak in order for your authority to work. If you remember when Jesus basically was attacked by the devil, he didn't have to pray in the Holy Ghost for 10 minutes. He didn't have to conjure it up. He simply used something called it is written. See, the Word of God brings its own power with it. It's there. Sometimes all you need is authority. You don't even, even need the bullets to the gun. You just got to threaten the devil and he'll run away. Other times you need the bullets and you'll know which time that is. But your authority is important because it will work. And if it doesn't, the dunamis power of God is always there to back it up. So here it says you've been given the right and authority to grow up to become what God calls you to be. How I many you know God calls everyone his son? He wants everyone to grow up into sonship. He wants everyone to move out of childhood state. Now, there's how many you know there's a lot of children in the body of Christ? There's new people that come in, and we need sons and people who are discipled to sonship them and disciple them. And that's what happens. Once you grow into things of God, you become an attraction. In other words, you start preaching the word and people start liking the word. And all at once you've got two people, then you've got four people, then you've got eight people, then you've got ten people. And then that person gets excited and tells somebody else. That's the way it's supposed to go, see? Not stay stagnant. There's supposed to be a fire in your heart that you want people to know. And basically, your authority gives you the ability to claim the divine nature that God has already given you on the inside. So I'm going to claim the divine nature. Are you a man of peace? Yes. Are you a man of joy? Yes. Are you a man of love? Oh, yes. I'm all these things. Why? Because that's my divine nature. So I'm going to declare that. I'm going to speak that. And I'm going to act like that because the power of the Holy Ghost is going to allow me to do that in my life. Hallelujah. Basically, the power of God will stop wherever you stop. It's up to you. You can limit the Holy One of Israel, but you don't have to because you can get in the Word of God and do exactly what it tells you to do. All right, praise God Almighty. Let's go to Psalm 91. Is that clock on fast time tonight, or what's going on here? Patrick, did you move that up on me? Okay. Let's check in. 
Right, Psalm 91, everybody knows this psalm. Some people read it every day. Some people memorize it. Let's just start in verse 1 and go to verse 13. It says that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. Now notice the first two verses there. He that dwells, in other words, stays there, remains in the secret place of the Most High. He will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will do what? Hallelujah. I will say, what are you going to say? Well, the Lord, he's my refuge. The Lord is my fortress, my God, and in him will I trust. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be the shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, and it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep them in all their ways. They shall bear thee up with their hands, and you shall not even dash your foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under your feet. All right, the secret place of the Most High. Now, the secret place of the Most High is not a ooey-gooey feeling. It's not being in a goosebump stage. It's not to be some spiritual utopia out there. The secret place is the Most High is the place where the Word of God has ultimate authority in your life, where the Word of God is the answer to every situation in your life, where the Word of God is the final say on whatever is coming against your life. When you stay in the Word of God, that is the secret place of the Most High. It is a place that's protected by something called the shield of faith. There is not a fiery dart that will be able to penetrate into your life when you're standing on the ultimate of the Word of God itself. Those who believe the Word will speak the Word and operate on their authority. When your authority is working, your shield is up. The saint that abides under the shadow of the authority dwells in the power of God because their authority is always active. Look at verse 3. Here's one of the promises. When you're in that secret place, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under your what? Feet. Notice the authority of the word and the power of God in your life. What it'll do, it'll overshadow you to a place where you will trample on the devil and demons. You will keep them underneath your feet. You will take up his word and you will pull the trigger on your power every single time. The power will make every fiery dart sizzle out and lose all its power. Look at another benefit, verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh what? Your dwelling. How many know that's a good promise there? How many know you got the right to claim that when something's going? Well, the flu's going around. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but no evil and no plague shall come near my dwelling. The flu's going around. Yeah, right around my house. That's where it's going. Praise God. You're right. It's going around. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because I'm dwelling in a secret. Now, if you, somebody says, well, the flu's going around, and you're not in a secret place, you say, oh, my God, it's coming again. My kids got it last year. My wife got it last year. Oh, we got so sick for days and days and days, and we got everything you would get off the shelf. and done with it. How many know you're not in a secret place of the Most High? You're in a place, but it's certainly not a secret place anymore. So I'm going to stay on the Word of God. Praise God. That's not going to come nigh my dwelling. I don't care whose dwelling it's coming near. It's not coming mine mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 7. One of my favorites. 
There may be a thousand that fall at my side, maybe ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come upon me. How many know that's a bold statement? You go into any other church and you say, you know what? Evil's on you and sickness is around, but we don't get sick at my house. You better duck. You better duck. There'd be stones coming at you from every single direction. Why is it? Because everybody doesn't want to live in the power of God and under the shadow of the Almighty. And they want to get mad when everybody else does because it convicts them. Especially when you start telling them what the Word actually says. Are you a Word person? Oh, yes. Well, this is what the Word says. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then, are you a Word person or aren't you? Make up your mind. Are you a Word person or not a Word person? So basically there's delivering power and the enemy will know the authority that you have. Authority gives you the right to survive when others die. It gives you the right to stay healthy when others get sick. It gives you the right to win when others fail, to move on when others are quitting in their life. It gives you the right to go forward in every single area. God has given you the right to decide the direction of your life. He made you a sovereign being with the ability to choose between life and death. In the Old Testament, it tells you to choose this day, life or blessing, death or curse. Who's it up to? It's up to you. If you learn to dwell in the secret place and the authority of the Most High, you will abide in that place of power in your life. The only thing that can hinder you is if you lower your shield. You get in strife, you get in worldly distractions, your mind, will, and emotions get hit you start to worry, you start to fear. The devil will try to interfere with your confidence in the Word of God. He will use people to speak words that are laced with poison in your life. Well, everybody gets sick sometime. That's just the way it is. Everybody sins sometime because we're only human. Well, how many know the Bible says that you shouldn't sin? It says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, I know he said that, but see, there's always a but. Did you ever notice that? Whenever somebody contradicts the word, there's always a but there got to get the butts out of your life praise God hallelujah hallelujah so if you can get at your heart the devil basically will slow down your anointing that you have on the inside and try to unload your gun he wants to locate you he wants to find out where you're at believing wise and he does that by what comes out of your mouth on a daily basis not just when you're in church not just when you're around church folk but every single day you're around other people you're with yourself you're with people who don't know God you're with people that's using different language you either got to be quiet and stay out of their conversations or slowly try to sneak in a correction here or there so you don't basically upset them he wants you basically to get distracted disappointed hurt reject he wants you to look at spiritual rumors that are coming against you but if the, basically he cannot pressure you out of the secret place if you don't lay down your authority, if you block every fiery dart that tries to come against your heart, you will have a place of authority. You will keep your eyes closed to the things of the world. You will use your authority to block your heart from the things trying to get in it. You use your authority to cover your eyes when there's things there you shouldn't be looking at other than the Word of God. As you use your authority, your, your, your future is told. Nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. What is this? It's authority and power to back it up. You have the gun and you have the bullets, praise God. Learn to pull the trigger on the circumstances and situations of your life and you'll start to see the power of God manifested in signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be.